Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom. We are presented by Manscaped. So check us out or not check us out. Check them out at manscaped.com. You can use the promo code 20 go blue for 20% off and free shipping Two zero G O B L U E is the promo code there for 20% off and free shipping. Uh, Anthony, it is, uh, feels like summer out and it, Kind of feels like summer in terms of the news cycle as well. We're getting started on football preview magazine stuff. Your first one. So excited for you to go through what is a very tough time, but also very satisfying and fun. Uh, and especially once you get that magazine in your hands. And uh, not a ton of storylines, but there is on the basketball side with these decisions we're still waiting on. Uh, it's May 12th right now. We got, what, 18, 19 days until these guys have to make their decisions. Musa Diabate and Caleb Houston. So we'll start there. We'll do a little quick hitter uh, talk on football after that. But the big news is Caleb Houston, who, by the way, and thinking about his whole situation, uh, you know, he declares for the draft, but doesn't tell anybody, doesn't announce it. It comes out when the whole list of people who declared comes out, doesn't say anything. You know, it was learned that he retained his college eligibility. So, you know, if he has an agent, it's a NCAA certified one. And all of that, he has his options open until that June 1 deadline, but hasn't said anything on it. He's been doing some working out privately, uh, then gets an NBA Combine invite, declines it, surprisingly. Uh, Musa Diabate will participate in the Combine next week in Chicago, but um, then you start getting reports, okay, well, maybe he declined it because he has a promise or a guarantee from a team that will you know, likely in the second round take him 
Uh, they don't want him to be seen or, you know, to impress or whatever, which seems weird as a competitor. You, you would think, Hey, I can go higher than that. Or, you know, I want other teams to see me as well. Or in something that you've laid out as well, you know, potentially he, you know, kind of knows where he stands, doesn't want to see some teams or have some teams see him at the combine. And maybe uh, that will lead to him coming back to Michigan. So uh, what was your reaction when uh, this all went down? Cause it's a lot to kind of think about. And then you hear some smoke, uh, especially in the NBA draft circle community there that, you know, this could be a possibility that he has a guarantee, which by the way, I would say isn't a guarantee. There's no such thing as a guarantee when it comes to a draft like this. Uh, but what are your kind of, you know, takes on the whole, this whole situation? It's been bizarre to me, uh, both, both Musa and Caleb Houston situations, because we are in a social media age. These guys are always on social media and always talking about themselves. Not these guys, in general, just talking about guys of their ilk, you know, these big time basketball players. Caleb Houston has never been big on social media, doesn't really talk to anyone. When stuff does break, it's usually from Jonathan, uh, again, apologies if I butcher the last name, Javoni, Jivani, however it is, uh, from ESPN and Draft Express. Uh, and he's the one who strongly insinuated that there is merit to the chatter that he might have a guarantee. Now, Jonathan was a guy that broke the news of his commitment. He broke the news that he would be moving up and reclassifying a year. He essentially he broke the news that Caleb was declaring for the draft. So I tend to believe that if he's throwing something out there and insinuating something that he's as connected as it gets. Now on the same token, our website Wolverine and Chris Ballas were told from a source very close to that situation that he did receive a combine invite, which I guess that is true. He received an invite and declined it. So it is odd to me. Uh, it is really the one or two things, right? It's either he has a guarantee. They, a team wants him to be their dirty little secret, which again, at this point, and I'm not, I thought Caleb was, was fine. He was a freshman for Michigan this year. A guy that I think has a lot of growth to do uh, from a physical and just a basketball player standpoint. But I don't like to me, if you're watching him on film and you're saying that I think this guy's an NBA player, you're projecting based on his high school film. Cause I didn't, I, I just have to call a spade a spade. I didn't see that this year out of him. I think there is a lot more work to do there. So he's either a someone's dirty little secret or B he doesn't want to go to the combine uh, because you really only get one shot to go through that and make your case. If you go to the combine and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that Caleb Houston would go and stink up the combine, but if you go and you don't perform well athletically and you have an off day, that's kind of like, that's sort of your, I don't want to say one shot to do it, but that's something that leaves a bit of an lasting impression. So uh, he has been working out. There was video of him working out in Vegas the same day that this combine stuff came down. So he is getting work in. I don't know who he's working out for, but it's when you get the combine invite, I do think that that is, that is a pretty strong indication that you probably have one foot out the door. And, and is it possible he still comes back? I think so. Is it possible Musa Diabate still comes back? I think probably less so. To use your numbers, you said Caleb Houston was probably 51% out the door, or 51% to return. Musa is 27%. I'm really interested in your analytics there, where you get the 27%. I love that number. Um, but yeah, it's. I do think that when we looked at the grand scheme of all of this, and, and I'll throw it back to you in a second. I know I'm a rambler today. Getting Hunter Dickinson back is by far the biggest coup for this 
this program this offseason and what the other guys depend you know decide to do if they both leave uh how we talk about that 2021 20, recruiting class gets really interesting because your top two guys will be gone and I'll be frank didn't really accomplish a ton your uh your point guard from that class is gone he didn't accomplish a ton and competition kind of kicked him out of the door all of a sudden Kobe you look at Kobe Buffett as the guy who all right it's your turn, like you're left. You have to be the crown jewel of this class now. And it's it's just really interesting that we've kind of gotten to this point there. Yeah, you're right. If if those guys leave, then it's kind of more of a normal recruiting class. Like Kobe Bufkin, I, I think he's going to make a pretty big jump going into his second year. That's pretty normal, you know, for a guy like that. Will Cheddar, red-shirted. Uh, Isaiah Barnes applying for a waiver for a red shirt, played in a couple games. You know, those guys will progress probably four year guys. That's that's more normal stuff. Uh, you know, Musa and Caleb were, you know, played a lot and were pretty good for Michigan last year. They made the sweet 16. I mean, they they did some things. But, yeah, like you, you kind of feel like there's something left uh, that they could accomplish or, you know, come back and do. And uh, I agree on Caleb Houston. I, I think that the combine would be a little bit of a rude awakening for him just because, you know, there are so many good athletes out there. There are guys that. Uh, you know, don't need a guarantee or, you know, aren't going to sit out the combine and they want to really impress there and they're going to, uh, you see that each year, you see some guys even in, in the G league elite camp that do really well and then get an invite and go to the combine and do well, earn themselves a spot. So there's going to be a lot of guys hungry uh, in not only the, you know, testing that they'll do, but also the five on five scrimmages. So maybe Caleb Houston is saying, Hey, you know, I don't want to necessarily be in that venue just yet. Uh, I'll do a couple workouts and, you know, kind of play it close to the vest, end up potentially returning to Michigan. I could easily see that being the case. I, I do think he, you know, I don't think he's NBA ready. I, I guess um, you can say that I think he should come back. I think that's probably the best scenario for him. Um, but you could also say, hey, you know, go undrafted or go late second round, be in the G League next year. That's a path, too. That's something that's happening more and more often the last several years. So, you know, but I don't think he's necessarily going to be on an NBA roster full time next year. So in my opinion, the best opportunity, especially with NIL being out there, I know he's international, but it seems like his situation is a little bit different than Musa Diabate's uh, was at least. Um, you can make a little money. You can come back, do some things. Looking at some of his numbers from last season, I mean, Pretty good stuff in terms of points per game. You know, his three-point shot was was there. It wasn't elite, but it was good, uh, especially for a volume shooter. But I need think he needs to get stronger. Uh, I think he needs to develop that mid-range type of game where pump fake, you know, one-two dribbles and not get that shot blocked like we saw a lot last season. Looking at some of the synergy numbers, I mean, he shot 20% around the rim, or excuse me, 44.8% around the rim, which is in the 20th percentile nationally so that's pretty low for a starting wing especially one that is considering going to the nba not knocking the guy he you know he's young uh he reclassified he has a ton of potential i think he is going to be an nba player at some point and one of our best posters on the fort los angeles wolverine was basically making the argument that we can't sit here and just say caleb houston will never do anything in the nba or he's out of his mind like duncan robinson averaged less points Shot better from three, but um, and look at him, and he's probably less gifted athletically. So I think Caleb needs to develop more. Again, he's young; he could use some weight room work and all of that. But um, that's kind of where I stand at it, and it'll be interesting to see where these next 
20 days go, you know, if, if it's June one and, you know, and he could decide before then, but, and he's back, you know, I think that's a huge development for Michigan. I guess, what do you, you know, you did a projection actually this morning uh, on Michigan's starting lineup. If both Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate leave, it's, it's interesting. I think they're going to hit the transfer portal, but yeah, guys like Terrence Williams. And I wrote a column yesterday uh, saying that, you know, a lot is riding on what Terrence Williams does this off season, how much improvement, he makes and he's working on a lot of different things including some of that ball screen stuff that you know Caleb Houston is expected to be able to do next year uh what do you think this thing looks like in in that potential scenario yeah one last point on on those two guys first in that you know Musa Musa went to IMG Caleb went to Mount Montford and the one thing I'll say I'm not I'm not hating on this path I'm just simply throwing it out there when you wind up going to one of those basketball factory schools, pro basketball is the plan. Like the plan is to get yourself as ready for college. So you are as ready for the NBA as you can be. So I think I don't want to overgeneralize and say that for those two guys, it's been NBA no matter what. There are obviously other factors that play into that, but that's that's the path a lot of those guys are on. I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I believe jet howard is coming from img as well yep is that correct yep so like that's going to be another thing where yeah his dad is the head coach but as soon as he feels like he's ready to go he's got he's got all the feedback he needs he played for img he has a, a dad that played in the nba so like that that's always something to keep an eye on when um you know i the path for everyone is to get to the nba as fast as possible um for some guys not so much anymore like hunter dickinson who's back due in large part to NIL. But when you turn your attention to, let's just take the hypothetical that both Houston and Diabate leave. Now, what that means for what last season was, we can have that conversation after the fact. But in the here and now, if that's what happens, you're looking at a starting lineup that's probably, I mean, Jalen Llewellyn is locked in as your starting point guard right now, unless, you know, Doug McDaniel is, you know, sophomore year Trey Burke right out of the box, which I don't think any of us are expecting that. Uh, Kobe Bufkin is going to have to be better, but he's he is your starting two guard right now. There's nothing else there on the roster, and that's not to say Kobe's not a good player. He was a top forty recruit. I just think he needs to play more and again develop physically. Um, I think he was the number t- uh, number forty overall prospect in that class. So again, uh, that guy is is going to be thrown into a bigger role by necessity. Uh, if if Caleb Houston leaves, you're probably looking at Jet Howard starting at the three. Terrence Williams, uh, if Musa leaves, is looking at starting at the four. So uh, you throw that into the mix with Hunter Dickinson. All of a sudden, I think that, you know, it starts with Dickinson. He's going to be the guy that the straw that stirs the drink, as I put it in the article earlier. Um, and at the very least, I think you know what you're going to get out of him. He's a guy that's going to give you 18 and eight on a given night. That's about what he averaged this year. Any step forward from him, uh, you know, let's say he just turns into Luca Garza. I mean, that's great. That's that is just gravy for Michigan. If you get more than what he is, because I do think he's kind of a bit more of a finished product. That's huge for them. Uh, but Michigan's fate is going to be determined by those pieces around him. Uh, those guys, the guys like um, Terrence Williams and and Kobe Bufkin. It can't be streaky. They got to bring it every single night. And but when I look at the starting lineup, I mean, you got a really nice blend of I mean, Jalen Llewellyn has played four years of college ball. Hunter Dickinson will be a junior. Terrence Williams has played three years of college or will have played three years of college ball by the time he comes, uh, by the time this fall comes around. Then you've got 
Kobe Bufkin, a talented guy, and Jet Howard. And again, those are two top 40 guys. So it could be worse. I mean, it looks good on paper, but on paper is is what we thought they had heading into this season. And we're not that people are saying Michigan's a top five team, but it was a lot of the same. This team should be up there in the Big Ten, or this team should be in the top half of the Big Ten, has a chance to make some noise. Um, we'll see. But I think on paper, if Musa Diabate and Caleb Houston leave being what they were last year, I don't think that's difficult to uh, to replace, to be frank with you. Um, them taking steps forward and coming back would obviously raise the, the, the ceiling of this team. But if you're just looking at guys to step in and be as productive, productive in quotation marks there, as those two guys were, then I think Michigan can mitigate that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm bullish on this roster still. Yeah, I, I think I, I expected both to be a lot better than they were last year, um, which is a little bit concerning. That's obviously a good thing if they come back, right? But it's a little bit concerning. I, I think the ceiling with those guys is much higher. And that's the thing is when Hunter came back, we were all like, okay, you got to get some pieces to fit around him. And there's still some things like this thing isn't over and they're still going to you know, look for transfer portal guys when they have the scholarships open. But – you pretty much know what you're getting there. He's going to get better. Uh, he said last year he was going to sh- shoot whatever percent. He was right there, I think, at 35%. This year, next year, he wants to be at 38% from three. He's going to expand his game there. He'll get better in the low post. We saw him use his right hand last year. Like, this dude is going to make a leap. Uh, and But you already know, like, the floor for him is, is very, very high. But... I was kind of saying once he came back, you don't really care as much about the Musa thing because, you know, you already have your big down there, might be able to space the floor even better. But I think that was kind of with the assumption that Caleb Houston was going to be here too. So that kind of scares me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Terrence Williams has a lot to work on on both ends of the floor. Jet Howard, there's going to be some growing pains. I mean, we saw some with Caleb last year, and, you know, Jet isn't as highly rated. I know stars aren't everything, but – uh, he has some things to work on. I saw him live last summer, um, and you know I was really impressed with his game. But do I feel like it was ready to to play 32 minutes uh, every night in the Big Ten? And I know he's grown since then. But no, I think it, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be you know quite a bit of a, a learning curve for him as it is for most freshmen. Buffkin can take that leap. Llewellyn is from Princeton, and you know it's it's hit or miss at times. I do think he will be good here. Uh, but he, he needs some help around him, and I think a, a potential NBA wing could really, really help there if Caleb Houston came back, but they also could go with the portal route, so it's it's kind of hard to project exactly what it'll look like. But um, And then even when they do go the portal route and think they have somebody, think they're going to get a commitment, even if their AAU coach tweets congratulations that they're going to come, you still have some hurdles to clear, as we know at Michigan with the admissions process and transfer credits and all that. So you never really know. Uh, and even when you think you know, you don't know. Uh, and that's what makes this so interesting, I think. But uh, anything else on the on the whole basketball front? Yeah, it's getting to the point where I don't believe a transfer is coming until we get that email <laughs> released from Tom Wyrot in the email, right? Yeah. Um, so that that's uh, one last thing about, about the roster is that, you know, I also think, you know, if guys like, Isaiah Barnes and Will Cheddar talk about who's left from that class now. We'll see if they're ready to be contributors. I'm actually pretty high on Will Cheddar. I think he's going to be a pretty good four-year player for Michigan. I think we're going to see him this year. Uh, Terrace Reed, I to be frank with you, 
I think he's more ready out of the box than Musa Diabate was. And he's going to, I think it's really going to benefit him too, that he's probably going to come off the, the bench as like the backup five. So I, I like, I like this group. I like this group. If those guys leave, I would like it better if both of them came back, but I really like what I, what they bring to the table. And, um, you know, I think you're going to have a little more stable offense from the point guard position. I think, uh, defensively is, is where I have the most concerns about that backcourt given, you know, Llewellyn played in the Ivy league and, and Kobe is just so young and so raw and needs to kind of, I don't want to say toughen up, but get more physical. So we'll see. But again, on paper, like this isn't, uh, you know, if you're asking me what the floor is, I would say the floor is probably about what they were this year again. And not to say that the sweet 16 team, but you know, nine and 15, 500 in the big 10. Bubble-ish. Like, yeah. I, I could see that as the floor. I really do think that last year there was some chemistry stuff that was off. I think that the freshman class obviously wasn't as ready to step in and plug and play as we thought it might be. Um, and I just, I, I think that where they need to, again, obviously transfer portal, if they have one spot that opens up, I think the ne- the, the immediate thing you go to is shooting and, uh, and guard depth. That's, that's priority number a or prior a, a is a letter. Uh, that's priority number one. And then, you know, if you have a couple spots open, maybe you go after a, a big or a body, but I think they're fine there. I, I would, if they're going to have a spot open, I would find a way to address a little more shooting off the bench. I would just, priority number one for me is you got to look at those transcripts, baby. Make sure he's got all A's. <laughs> make sure, you know, the credits are, they're good classes. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And if we learn more, uh, in the coming days on Caleb Houston and what has been a very silent, you know, he's going through all the process doing unusual things like turning down combine invites, but also not saying anything about it. And it has, as you said, at the top of the show, it's kind of been his MO off of social media, a little quieter, not as many interviews. Um, he only did one or two interviews, I think he, last year after he committed. So uh, he, he's mature. I like the yeah. way he handles his business for, sure. for the record. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Not a knock on him. It's just, it's leaving a lot of people guessing. And again, that could be a strategy for whatever reason that, you know, I'm not even uh, thinking about or aware of at this point, but it'll definitely be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, Let's shift over to the football side of things. Before we do, uh, we have a Manscaped product alert. You asked for it and they listen. Our friends at Manscaped just brought back the ultra smooth package. It's time to stop, drop and order this premium shaving kit. Everyone knows by now that the Lawnmower 4.0, which they sent us and is a tremendous product, is the best electric shave for your balls. But if you're looking for a closer uh, shave to go bare down there, then the Ultra Smooth Package is the perfect set. It's time to shave that bush of yours and get right to the roots with a discount just for you. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code 20GOBLUE20. G-O-B-L-U-E at manscaped.com i'm also reading the rest of this here anthony it says that you uh, were the one that requested the ultra smooth package to return is that right yes for <laughs> sure I, I i you gotta keep the stock up there you just have to i mean it's it's a quality product uh i bring in fact i am so sad and if the manscaped people are listening right now when i went through airport security a few weeks ago i went out to see a buddy in seattle i had my the pump bottle of shampoo and conditioner or was the body wash was with me quality stuff smells great. Incredible. Everyone, you know, I get compliments all the time on, on my scent. 
but I tried to sneak it through TSA and um, I effed around and found out, as the kids would say. TSA, that's a big bottle. They give you a lot in that in that package if you buy it. So um, love that stuff. Would love to have another one sent to me since I am the requester of product. But uh, Manscaped, we love uh, I know they try to trip us up with reads. They do that to everyone. They do that to several podcasts I listen to. Um, it's worth it, though. I mean, the, for how red your face will turn, how red my face will turn, for people that need to mute themselves to stop from laughing while someone else is doing the read, it is a quality product and 100% worth it. So, yeah, uh, go go Manscaped. Go us. Yeah, and if people want to send us a screenshot of their order, I will release, I guess if we get like 100 screenshots sent to us, I'll release the tape of Chris Ballas and Doug Skeen and their some of their outtakes from some of these Manscaped reads. There was a time where it took about a half hour to start a show because of it. So uh, we can we can do that as well. But 20% off and free shipping, fantastic product. As you said, I mean, what were you thinking trying to get that thing through security? I mean, I, I got it. I got it through airport security at Metro. Um, yeah. I got okay. it through okay. at the Vegas. It was what they got me in Vegas. I mean, I should have known better. There's nothing, nothing scandalous is leaving Vegas. So yeah, that is what it is. That's too risky for me because you could, you know, risk losing it like you did. So, um, yeah, definitely check out Manscaped. They're everywhere. Uh, but you can get the free shipping and 20% off if you use our code and order online. So do that right now. Uh, quick hitters on the football side of things. Um, Starting with the edge rushers, uh, EJ Holland, our recruiting guy, guru, uh, the best in the business, was uh, he's been all over the place during spring ball. So definitely check his content out at thewolverine.com. But uh, going around to camps, going around to some spring practices for high school kids, checking out, has actually ran into a couple of Michigan coaches on the road as well at some of their stops. Uh, so he is just everywhere. But uh, he ran into at St. Francis in Baltimore yesterday. Derek Moore, uh, early enrollee, freshman, defensive end, took that picture. And, man, uh, he looks like uh, you know even more of a beast than he did in some of his high school film and at the All-American Bowl when he was the MVP. Uh, and I think he could factor in. He's a guy I said this on the message board yesterday. I think he might be too good to keep off the field this year. You, you have some edge guys with a lot to prove. Mike Morris, a guy who did an interview this week as well, uh, and he was talking – you know, about how he can't necessarily fill Aiden Hutchinson's shoes. It's going to have to, you know, be a different type of approach. But I guess what are your what are your kind of thoughts on some of the edge stuff this week? I know a lot of talk about late ads in that recruiting class revolved around Darius Clemens, who obviously huge addition. We think he'll play early, even with as deep as that wide receiver room is. Um, you know, Keon Saab and Zeke Barry, those are guys we talked about. It feels like there's a part, like – it's there's this weird little dichotomy of we know that Michigan has a wide open depth chart on the edge right now, um, whether it be at that that Sam linebacker spot, whether it be you know more of the the edge role that that Aiden played last year. Um, Derek Moore looks the part, and he's gonna play. Like I think that guy's gonna play early. And when you look at him, I mean, even before I don't know what he's weighing in at now. When Michigan weighed him in in the spring, I think they had him at six four two fifty which is about what David Ojabo played at last year. So, um, you know, I'm sure he's probably put on some weight since then. I don't know where they want him to play in terms of weight. I wouldn't be surprised if they bulked him up a, li a little bit more so then maybe you can kick him inside in some of those NASCAR uh, type packages. But 
you know, when I look at the depth chart on the edge, you know, Mike Morris, uh, Taylor Upshaw, Jalen Harrell, I feel like those, that's pretty, like, in whatever sort of rotation that winds up being, I'm pretty confident in saying that's probably your top three. But when you look at this depth chart and the path to, you know, even just cracking the lineup of, hey, it's third down, just go get after the passer. Um, you know, Braden McGregor needs to keep his head on a swivel. Uh, TJ Guy, who I also think had a very good spring and looked good in the spring game, needs to look over his shoulder. Keyshawn Bennett, uh, another redshirt freshman that I think, uh, um, you know, factors into that. I think Derek, they can do some things with him. And it's going to take time. I mean, he's coming from high school and then learning. I don't want to say it's a complicated defense, but there's, I think anytime you're a freshman playing in a scheme like the one that Michigan ran last year, you're kind of drinking out of the fire hose a bit. you know, he's not quite Will Johnson in that I think that he has a chance to start early. But Derek Moore, he's coming. And I think that he's going to be a really good player. And that was, again, I, I, I'm i not really taking the pulse of the freshman that uh, people on our board or people on social media are talking about. But it doesn't feel like we're talking about him enough. I agree. I think Clemens was – he was the guy I was most excited about in terms of the, the late additions just because he was a guy, you know – as not a recruiting reporter, I didn't really know about until like a week before signing day, but Derek Moore's name had been out there. You know, you kind of knew what he was. You wanted Michigan to close there if you're a Michigan fan, but you're right. He's kind of that forgotten about top end guy. I believe he's the highest rated guy in the class uh, outside of Will Johnson, right? The highest rated four star. So um, we're, doing, we're doing this live. Let me confirm on the on three uh, consensus. Yeah. We'll have yeah. Re- uh, Will Johnson's guy. up there. He's a five star number 18. Yep. Um, Derek Moore's that next guy, the number 37 or overall prospect, four-star crazy. guy. Yeah. yeah, he's up there. It's crazy. So um, I, I agree. I think he's going to definitely burn that red shirt. There were only six guys that did so, six freshmen that did so last year. I see a handful that will do that again this year, and I think Derek Moore is one of those guys. Um, moving on to something else. So, so the draft ends, what, two weeks ago now? As soon as that ended, you know, a bunch of NFL draft analysts hit publish on their 2023 mock drafts, which, by the way, don't take a ton of stock in. I think what Sam Howell was the number one overall pick a year ago. And now Will Levis is kind of that guy from Kentucky. Spencer um, Rattler. Spencer Rattler. Yeah, he was, <laughs> uh, you know, and then he gets passed over in college. So things can change. Let's just say that about this whole thing. But and it's an imperfect process and clicks have a lot to do with it. Uh, when it comes to the NFL draft, and it's now it's 365-day cycle. Um, but then you're looking at some of this stuff, and there's been a couple mixed reviews on, hey, who is Michigan's top draft prospect heading into this year? Uh, and I thought just real quick, you know, PFF has Blake Corum as the number 47 overall prospect on their big board. Doesn't mean he's going to be a top two pick. It just means, uh, especially with running back being kind of devalued a little bit, uh, it, you know, but it means he's up there. Um, Olu Oluwatimi at number 69 overall, the number two center. And then DJ Turner uh, at corner, number 32 overall, number 13 corner. There were 30 cornerbacks that were taken in this past draft. So uh, that would be top half. That would be really, really good for a guy who didn't start a game until, what, the Northwestern game last year, about halfway through the season. So uh, your thought – and then Ryan Hayes actually is kind of the intriguing one where, yeah, you look at the six seven build and, you know, he can put on some pounds as well. But he's athletic, the former tight end. I thought it was a little underwhelming last year, but there was a, a, such a high bar with how good that offensive line was, and he was going against 
top pass rusher on the other team. So you have to factor that in. But um, I think he has potential, too, and that he will play in the NFL at some point. You see some having him in the first round. I think that's a little much so far, but this is a big year for him. He can prove it. What, what do you think about some of these guys that could be the top prospects on the team heading into the year? You're you're underselling it because Vegas odds this week had him at like plus 8,000 to be the number one overall that's pick. That's right. Which is, that's, which is insane, yeah. by the way. Um, no offense but, to him. No, no offense to him. Um, you know, I remember starting with Hayes, there was a media availability we had and, and this, I don't remember if Clayton, maybe you were around yet. I was at the other, the, my previous destination, but we had a media session with Ed Warner, uh, Michigan's former offensive line coach. And so the topic came up of, you know, recruiting these, these type of guys like a Ryan Hayes that played tight end in high school and the pitch that you have to make to get them make that transition at the next level. And someone asked him like, why, what's your message? He said, it's a pretty easy one. Actually, you can go put up uh, what tight ends make and put it up against what top end offensive tackles make debate over. Right. So uh, Ryan Hayes, I mean, like, like I said, um, to call a spade a spade, I thought he was probably the least impressive question mark uh, offensive lineman on that line last year. Um, I thought that there were times the Penn state game sticks out, just get, you just got beat across his face a little too frequently. Um, you know, if you're a first round pick, I, I, you got to hold down your end of the court. And I know like the NFL is a traits based league. I, I've seen far worse offensive tackles than Ryan Hayes, um, have the athletic tools and still go fairly high. Um, you know, six, seven, three, you know, five, three, 10, whatever it is, former tight end, you know, he moves pretty well. There's appeal there for that for sure. Um, but he's got, he has to get better. Uh, probably get be- a little stronger in his lower half. Um, you know, really just strong, a little bit stronger and, and in every facet, but yeah, he has a shot, um, you know, to a lesser degree, I think guys like Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter are still probably one year away from going to the NFL. We'll see. I mean, a dominant season could, could vault any of those guys into, you know, much higher consideration, but, um, Corum, I just need to see him stay healthy. I mean, there's running backs in this league are a dime a dozen now or, or in, or in the NFL, I should say. So, you know, you're not just the only guy that's going to be on the draft board that is athletic. It can do a few different things. So we'll see there. DJ Turner, I see him as a type of prospect that is probably in line with, you know, maybe not a first round corner, but I don't see any reason he can't be drafted where Jordan Lewis was or David Long or Ambry Thomas. And, and to be frank, I think he could probably go a little bit higher than that. I think um, I think he's that good. So there's there's some play, there's uh, there are players there for sure. Um but it's also like when you look at the guys that'll be making the bulk of the impact for this team this year, I think a lot of them are probably going to wind up being back in 2023 too. So all of a sudden, like that's two years in a row where the bulk of last year's contributors are back on this team. The bulk of next year's contributors are probably still on this team. And that's where it's, it's, it's exciting to see like the development plan. And, you know, I've said it, I've been beating this drum all off season, Clayton, this doesn't have last year doesn't have to be lightning in a bottle. They can build off of that. And, uh, you know, you'll always, Michigan's always going to have that healthy dose of guys. They sent five to the league this year that they send to the NFL draft. Uh, probably more than that. I'd say probably at the top of my head, maybe seven or eight next year. But, uh, you know, the conveyor, the conveyor belt is, is kind of going here. You've got guys that, that will be making an impact for the next few years on the roster and guys that will probably be playing on Sundays uh, in 2023. 
Yeah, and it's funny. This time last year, it's almost hard to believe just how doom and gloom everything was. Um, and I remember, you know, Chris Ballas and I were on this podcast talking about, you know, who are the actual pros on this roster? Like, why should we believe that this team is going to be really even that much better than it was the year before? And, you know, there were guys you mentioned as, you know, okay, this guy can step up. And, you know, we didn't see a lot out of this guy last year, but we think he could make a move. There was certainly plenty of that, but there wasn't much besides Aiden Hutchinson where you looked at and said, oh, that guy will be drafted. Then, lo and behold, five guys picked, um, you know, a handful of – I thought a couple of the guys that didn't get picked like Brad Hawkins could have been and, you know, will potentially stick in the league. So there are going to be guys that, you know, we aren't even talking about like David Ajabo right now that could emerge. Of course, as we said, it's an imperfect science, this whole – projecting a year away mock draft thing when the most important things that are going to happen in between you know before that are still in between us and and that event um so it, it's definitely going to evolve but I, I will i will remember the uh the western michigan game we're in the press box you know season opener and got the tvs up there no volume but it just shows a little graphic that aiden hutchinson i think was the number 14 overall prospect on you know Todd McShay's big board or whatever and you know a media member that was sitting near me was like ah oh, this seems a little high <laughs> and then you know and I was thinking oh, you know it sounds about right but maybe you know it could be high you know we'll see what happens this year it's it's a season opener uh, and then he ends up being the number two pick to our Detroit Lions so things definitely change and uh, yeah I'm definitely happy as you are uh, with the pick that we were able to get there as Lions fans but yeah uh, I, I think there are several guys here like a DJ Turner that uh, you're right. I mean, could he be a third round guy? I think so. Ambry Thomas was a surprise third round guy. I think DJ Turner might have a little more to him in terms of uh, some skill, like technical stuff uh, that, that he could show this year. So it's a big year. There are going to be guys that make huge leaps and it'll be interesting to see, you know, similar to what we're talking about on the basketball side. Uh, you know, it's hard to project, but, and it's hard to project who, and how much better they'll get. But there are going to be some big jumps, and we could be surprised by some guys. Um, anything else you're kind of thinking about this week on the football side before we wrap up? Uh, just to put a bow on what you just said, I mean, this time last year, if I had told you that David Ojabo, pre-Achilles injury, was a potential top 10 pick in the NFL draft, um, you'd have been like, whoa. You're, some fans you're didn't know who he was. And yeah. probably should get your head checked out. Um you just don't know. And there are guys on this roster that can take the leap. Um, someone we didn't even talk about, Mike Morris. I mean, every starting edge rusher that's played for Jim Harbaugh has gotten drafted. And there have been, I think, maybe three or four first-rounders now. So it's – that pedigree's there. So you step – you um, when you step into a new role and have – this opportunity for way more snaps, it, it plays itself out on the field. So um, we'll see where it goes. But it, outside of that, you guys, any other things that have been on my mind football-wise, football has been on my mind pretty much since the draft ended. And even more so with the baseball team that I watch frequently, uh, just completely crapping the bed. I'm ready for football. I'm ready to get started on the football preview. I submitted my second to last thing today for our, our June, July issue of the magazine going all in on football preview. I'm going to make the sales pitch right here. Am I allowed to do that? I mean, this it's up for pre-order already. Um, the Wolverine on demand.com 
It's be 160 pages. I'm telling you, I have like 35 pages to do. Clayton has like 35 pages to do. Uh, the other guys, Chris Ballas, everyone's going to be chipping in on this. There is not going to be a site in this market that knows as much in depth about these players than we do. So use that, um, carry that football preview around like it's your Bible. Subscribe to the Wolverine. It's still a dollar for a year. It's the biggest steal in college sports media. As far as my biased uh, opinion is concerned, there's a lot of quality stuff coming down the pipe and hopefully you guys will jump on with us and I, you can hear it in my voice. I'm fired up for it. So yeah, football in May, football in June. Uh, it's exciting to, to write this. And I'll say as well, like the preview is unbelievable. 160 pages, glossy, every page, all of that. But also, as you said, exclusive interviews, conversations we get to have, bunch of research we'll be doing will help the content at thewolverine.com as well. And it's only a dollar to get all that premium stuff. We'll have intel from a lot of conversations uh, and, you know, things that we're going to be doing, talking to not only national analysts, but some players on the team, assistant coaches uh, that are all be in that 160 page preview. Uh, so check that out at the Wolverine on demand.com. Also subscribe to the Wolverine.com for just $1. It will be worth it. Uh, and uh, thank you to Manscaped, our sponsor, and we'll see everyone next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.